So International Men's Day UK is coming up on Sunday the 19th of November and I'm very pleased to be talking to an ambassador for International Men's Day UK, Mark Brooks, OBE. Mark, it's good to speak to you again. Just tell us a bit about the key themes for Men's Day on Sunday the 19th. Well, there's three key themes. First of all, it's about um, supporting men and boys' health and well-being. Also about supporting the brilliant charities right across the UK, which support men and boys. And also really having a positive conversation about the good things that men and boys do, especially around uh, fatherhood and, and, and the brilliant things that sons do as well. And we should be concerned, shouldn't we, about men's health, because men, boys are falling behind in the education system in all areas that we, we look at. You know, 33,000 boys are 18-year-old boys are going to university now. So there's a gap opening up between girls and boys there. Uh, also, in other areas of education, boys are lagging behind. And we see that kind of playing out in 96% of the prison population is male, 85% of rough sleepers are male, so it has real definite outputs into our real world society. Oh absolutely, and, and you know one of the key reasons uh, for International Men's Day and also one of its key successes over the last 10 or so years is because it really does shine a spotlight on those types of issues which are not really discussed. I mean, for example, you know, 13 men die by suicide every day, 33 men die uh, because of prostate cancer, 88 men die every day due to uh, heart-related disease, and um, as well as all of the other issues that you mentioned as well. And I think where we've got to is where we've had a lot of focus rightly and that needs to continue on women and girls issues but at the moment we're not really talking about the problems that men and boys face as well and you know as a society we should be able to focus on women and girls and men and boys at the same time and so you know International Men's Day really serves a great purpose in shining a, a spotlight on some of those issues and the clearly they need to be addressed. You mentioned their suicide rates. Do you think the government's suicide prevention strategy is enough? Well, well, the, the, it's a good starting point, but the real issue is that it's not tackling the underlying issues which are causing men to take their life because um, you know, there's, there's a number of key issues around... Um, relationship breakdown, economic problems, also issues around um, bereavement um, of, of others, for example, and also issues around employment. And they're all trigger points for men to start to think about going down that path, as well as other issues such as um, you know, men coming out of the armed forces or young men going to university, for, for example. Um, and all of those types of issues act as triggers. And so while the suicide prevention strategy looks at dealing with some of the outcomes, it's not really looking at the causes. And I think that until we're really dealing with the causes of 
male suicide, we're not going to shift it enough. Having said all of that, it's great that the government has a suicide prevention strategy. It wasn't there 10 years ago. Um, we hope whatever happens after the general election that such a strategy um, uh, continues to exist in some shape or form. So we're far better now than we were before because suicide wasn't even really a political or societal issue that, that, was, that was discussed. Do you think there's a concern that mental health as an issue is being downgraded by both political parties here in the UK at the moment? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, one of one of the, one of one of the issues is is that uh, that as well as you know the broader men and boys issues, in many respects, it's not really being downgraded. They're not really discussed. And I think that that is, I think that's the biggest challenge for charities uh, out there that are trying to get men and boys issues discussed, but also lots of practitioners. You know, I was, I was speaking to some um, doctors, uh, for example, recently, you know, and and female doctors, in fact, and, you know, they're finding it, finding it a real challenge to get men's health more broadly um, being discussed in their local health areas so so these are things that uh, we, we feel aren't being discussed enough and it is always a challenge because i don't know you know maybe society and, and politicians just aren't taking men's problems seriously enough because i think you've argued in the past for a men's minister haven't you oh yeah absolutely so 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 part of the problem I, I, you know, but we always need to look at solutions. But part of the problem is, is that there's a number of issues, and we've touched upon them, that cross all sorts of different government departments. But there's nobody in government that has a specific focus or responsibility for pulling all of those issues together and also holding other parts of the government to account in dealing with them. Um, and that's a challenge. So men's issues just continually fall through the cracks and are not being um, discussed or taken seriously. Whereas on the other hand, and it's not a competition, it's not a competition, but we have the Minister for Women and Equalities. We have also another Minister for Women. We have a men's, uh, a, a women's health strategy. We have a um, ending violence against women and girls strategy and a, and a women's health champ uh, ambassador i'm not saying we shouldn't have any of those we should but we haven't got any of the equivalents for men and boys and that you know in 2023 when we talk much about the need for equality and inclusion and diversity that seems a very and is a very unbalanced picture which is why men and boys issues and just not being addressed now it's interesting it's been raised that actually most of the people around the cabinet table and in government are males so it's an interesting take you have there but is that something about men more broadly that they don't just talk about health issues well well i, th I think i think there's i think there's two or three issues i mean i mean there i mean just because there's more men around the cabinet uh, and in government doesn't mean to say that, that there's going to be more um, more focus on on uh, men and boys. 
Um, and to be honest, I mean, men and boys will always, well, certainly men, will always put women and girls first. It's just part of our DNA in many respects. I know it's not a word that's it's almost been banned from using, but, you know, the, the, the term chivalry is still very much part of how men feel, part of our DNA. So even though there are more men around the cabinet table, their natural instinct is to help w women and girls. So I think so. I think that that is an argument um, that doesn't really wash because if it was true, why isn't there a men's health strategy, etc.? You would think there was one of those before women's health strategy. So I think I think that that's one particular issue. The thing about men not talking again, it's a really quite a male victim blaming type of narrative it's almost saying that um, women have problems all men are problems and any problems men have is their own fault whereas what we find is that the reason men uh, aren't talking is because society's not encouraging them to not necessarily listening to men but also um services mental health services aren't very male friendly they're not often open when men need them um, they're often open in work time for example when men are at work um, they're not open in the evenings or the weekend and also um, many men fear the consequence that if they do open up will it affect their work will it will people not take them seriously um, do they know who will actually listen to them. So, you know, it, it is, in my opinion, a very kind of male-blaming men don't talk. They do talk. You have to create the right setting. And just picking up a point you made earlier, is a lot of men's self-worth and image bound up in their work, their employment? So periods of unemployment and things like that can actually lead to quite a slow sink into anxiety and depression. Oh, absolutely. I mean, men need a sense of purpose. They need a reason to get up in the morning, whatever that reason is. But work is absolutely key to that. It doesn't just give them a sense of purpose for themselves, but also it gives them a sense of purpose for, uh, for example, if they, if they have a family. So men going to work isn't just about, oh, I need to go to work for my own reasons. Men want to go to work because they want to be able to make sure that they're able to help support um, their family, for example. Also, um, they worry, men worry about what other people think about them. And therefore, if they're not in work, will other people, women and men, actually think they're less worthy? And so, you know, employment is absolutely key, which is, which is why... Um, especially from men in their late 40s and 50s who perhaps suddenly become unemployed, made redundant, for example. The issues about mental health support, as well as retraining and other um, job opportunities are absolutely key. So, you know, if there's a big unemployment um um, you know, there's been talk about in some of the steel industry, for example, it isn't just about mental health support, that's really important, but it's absolutely vital for those men, and to be fair, obviously the women, get work soon, 
because for many of those men, that's the only job and company they will ever work for. So it's absolutely vital for their own mental health, let alone their income, to find work. And so some of the kind of solutions to that issue can be things like men's shed, uh, which has become very popular recently, therapeutic horticulture. Being outdoors can be quite a good stimulant for certainly men, but for, for, for all people who, who perhaps have anxiety and, and stress-related disorders, don't you think? Oh, oh, absolutely. I, I absolutely agree. You know, uh, UK men's sheds are absolutely brilliant. You know, men talk by doing. Uh, they talk shoulder to shoulder. They don't talk face to face. Um, and so so UK men's sheds, absolutely brilliant. But also there's lots of other great organisations. And, you know, if you go on our um, International Men's Day UK website, uh, ukmensday.org.uk. There's a whole list of charities out there, right, um, all over, all over the country, um, uh, who all have, most of them have local branches as well, which will um, support men. You know, Andy Mann's clubs have really taken off. It's a huge number of walking and talking groups. All sorts of charities out there, often set up and run by men for men. Um, Men's Sheds is by far um, the most well-known and are absolutely fantastic. But there's also others out there which are doing a similar job, often for men of different age groups. And that's where it's very different, isn't it, to the types of services that might be offered to to females, which is that they're much more practical, hands-on. There's the opportunity to do things in a men's shed, you know, make things, create things, garden, that kind of thing. Oh, ab absolutely. Um, and and that's, the, that's the key thing is that um, whilst there's obviously lots of similarities between men and women, uh, we are different and therefore uh, we need services and support around mental health to reflect um, the differences and be based on what men would need, what not what the health service or society thinks men want or need very often it's about well men should do this men should do that without actually asking men what they want a third of 16 to 24 year olds report some kind of anxiety mental health disorder are we seeing a, a kind of prevalence of, of mental health is that a, a ticking time bomb that's coming up upon us from say the pandemic and just before the pandemic well, well, it, well, it, well, it is a huge concern. I mean, it, it is it is a huge concern, um, and I think some of the some of the issues, as well as obviously the pandemic, is the fact that you know boys aren't doing um, uh, as well as they should at school, so that then impacts on how they see the, the future. Also, um, boys, young boys and young men have problems, you know. You know, fire, bullying, for example, uh, they may have eating disorders, they may have anxiety and depression. And often the, the key thing is, is not just that they have those issues, but also how they're being supported when they do have those issues. You know, are parents sort of aware of it enough? Are schools picking up on those issues and offering um, boys and young men um, the support they need and the same you know through colleges and universities as well so uh, 
there is a ticking time bomb. It is a concern, but also for me, it's a concern about we're not trying, we're not doing enough to deal with those problems when they occur and when boys start to realise they have them. We're not there, we're not there for them, and that's what then leads leads them to continue down this this path. And some of that's having positive role models, isn't it? Like male teachers to guide young boys. Well, well, male teachers is is is, is a real issue. I mean, only uh, um, in terms of um, primary schools, only about one in six to seven primary school teachers are male. Only one in three secondary schools. It's even worse at early years education. It's only about one in fifty. Uh, early years um, teachers are actually male, um, and it isn't it isn't it isn't that male teachers teach boys better than female teachers, but what male teachers bring is a clear message that learning is a thing that boys do as well as girls. They also show um, what positive male model, male role models look like which is absolutely crucial for boys who don't have role models, uh, male role models, positive male role models at home or in their community. So if they're not seeing positive male role models, then that is an issue because they don't know how men uh, should be and how they should act if they don't see other uh, men doing that. So it's not about the teaching aspect it's about the environmental and cultural issue learning is for boys too and this is how men should go about the world and just tell us a bit about the men and boys coalition charity which is behind international men's day uk which you're involved with i think yeah so i so i was one of the uh, co-founders and I'm, I'm a trustee of the men and boys coalition and one of the things that um, we were set up about five to six years ago we're made up of women and men so we've got uh, seven trustees four of us are men three of us are, are women um so it's very inclusive and so we've got over 100 members we're made up of academics charities and other um uh, professionals who have a real concern about men and boys well-being but cover all of those issues that we've discussed before and one of the things that we're trying to do is to try and encourage um, other charities to be set up we're also uh, making sure that the voices of men and boys are heard and also we're trying to make the argument that all of those charities and organizations that support men and boys need far more funding so you know we're, we're acting almost like a membership body for them and arguing the case about the need to take men and boys issues far more seriously Thank you very much, Mark Brooks, OBE, who's a national ambassador for Men's International Men's Day UK. And that's coming up on the 19th of November, Sunday the 19th of November.